We're going to be continuing with our our messages on emotional wholeness. As as we've been teaching on these these subjects, um, trying to bring stability uh, to our lives, if you just grab hold of this stuff and just and meditate on it and rehearse it and and keep it in your life, you're going to see dramatic changes take place in your life and and in your family because it's it's the word of God and God backs up His word. And not only that, when you get information, a lot of times our problems go away when we understand what they are. But if you don't understand what they are, then we don't know how to approach it. We don't know how to take care of it. And so last uh, Sunday, uh, I preached on on the uh, you know the the different uh, characteristics and how that we we have to uh, uh, confront this stuff. And today, I'm going to be talking about the two base emotions. You have in you two basic emotions. All other emotions and all other things stem from those two basic emotions. Now, I want you to remember that uh, when the uh, lawyers and the scribes approached Jesus and, and said, what is the greatest commandment? Remember, Jesus said that he, he went back to the Ten Commandments because the Ten Commandments are ten, but they're two. There's six there's uh, four and six. Four, the first four commandments is about relationship with God. The second six commandments is about relationship with man. It's not five and five, it's four and six. And Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. Amen. And then he said, the second one is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the two, that's the two sides of the Ten Commandments. Jesus was just summing it up. And what he was trying to get us to understand is there is a basic emotion that we were born in and born to. And we want to get into that today. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Praise God. We're going we're to start in Genesis and go through the maps today. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and every uh, creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. It declares that we were created in the image of God. Now, we were created and wired. Humanity is wired a certain way, okay? Now, I kind of reverse the common thinking. We are taught a lot of times that as we're born in sin, then, then sin is our default mode. But... When you really look into the Word of God and you realize how we were created, that is the invader. That is the, that is the one that has invaded us. We were actually born into love and we were wired for love. And the works of the flesh are the invader, but our default mode is the fruit of the Spirit. 
Love, joy, peace, long, because we were created in the image of God. Therefore, there's a preceding nature that abides in every one of us. Even though we were born in sin, even though sin is what, what invades our life, that is not what we're wired for. That's not what we were created for. We were created to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we're born in the image of God. Turn with me to the book of 1 John. If I can hold my Bible, it's falling apart. I Starting to come apart on me. First John, chapter four, verses seven and eight. Now, I'm going to be giving you a lot of information today, so hang on. Everybody, say, "Let's go." <laughs> chapter four, First John, chapter four, verses seven and eight. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Okay, if we were born in the image of God, created in the image of God, what is our basic default mode? Love of God, because God is Amen. So we he he Okay, calm down, Snyder. <laughs> he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The next verse says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So I want to establish today the fact that we are, we are born and created in the image and likeness of God. And then sin came into our life. What, what was it in uh, Genesis chapter three and verse 10, Adam made a statement that tells us what the second emotion is. And so we have, we have the two emotions, the two main emotions. In chapter, in chapter 3 and verse 10, So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Okay, you have the nature of God is love. When sin came into man, the first thing that Adam proclaimed after this happened was, I was afraid. Two main emotions that dominate our lives, and we have to choose which one is going to be the power in our lives. The first one is love, the love zone. The second one is fear, the fear zone. And out of out of these two main emotions, all other emotions proceed, okay? Now, I want you to understand something today. I'm going to give you not only biblical truth, but I'm going to show you in neuroscience that this is true because neuroscience and quantum physics has proven the Bible to be absolutely true, Matter of fact, in research, they have proven that we are wired to live in love. That's what we're made for. That's what we're wired. That's where we exist the best. That's where we're healthy. That's where we're whole. That's, that's where everything goes good in our life. But fear is an invasion into our life and literally causes chaos in every part of our being. 
in our brains, in, in the chemical makeup of our, of our brains, in our bodies, which we're going to be getting into in the next session or the next series on, on physically whole. What, what goes on in our life and who we choose will not only determine our emotional health, our mental health, our emotional health, but will also determine our physical health. Most diseases come from operating in the fear zone. That and a lot of the junk they're putting in our food today. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've, I've come to the place where I've, you know, people say, well, you know, they've come out with this research that this, if you eat this, is going to hurt you. And I finally just come out with, with that the attitude that if you eat, it kills you. If you live, it's going to kill you. I mean, it's, it's all against us. But we have something that's not against us. And that's the nature and love of God, which is healing restoring. Amen. The presence of God can heal and restore you in ways that nothing else can. It'll get you through things. Amen. Praise God. It'll, it'll cause sacs to form in your body and catch poison. Amen. And so he said, God is love. Number one, he said, we also ought to love one another. In verse 11, we ought to love one another. In verse 16, it says that God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Okay? So there is a, what, what Dr. Carolyn Leaf, a doctor of neuro, neuroscience, for 30 years researching this, calls the love zone. There's the love zone, and there's the fear zone. I want, Jim, give me that, that first uh, diagram. I hope this comes out. I took a picture on my phone. That ain't it. I took a picture on my phone, and, and I hope, hope we can read it, okay? This is a diagram of the love zone. Now, I want you to notice the roots of the tree is healthy thoughts, healthy emotions, healthy words, healthy choices, healthy dreams, healthy seeds, healthy faith, healthy love, healthy touch, Healthy seriousness, healthy health, and healthy schedules. That's the root of the tree of the love zone. Now, what it produces, and I like this because I started preaching this a long time ago, and I finally, a, a neuroscientist has backed up what I've been preaching, that, that the fruit of the Spirit is the default mode of humanity. And so what it produces is, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithness, uh, gentleness, and self-control. Now, this is the area that God has intended us to live in. When you live in the love zone, then you have, you have health in your being, not only in your mind, but in your emotions. And we're going to see that, that the chaos comes from the other side, the, the fear zone. So the love zone is, is uh, the opposite of what we live in most of the time. It is what brings peace to our life. If you want to know what peace is, you got to start concentrating on what is it that I meditate on most? What is it that I think about most of the time? Is, is what I meditate on based in the love zone or the fear zone? Okay? Jim, go ahead and give me that other diagram. I'm just going to jump right into this. Give me that other diagram. Now, this is the fear tree. 
The fear tree is all about stress, but it's toxic stress. See, there's positive stress and there's toxic stress. And so the roots of this tree is just the opposite of the other one. Toxic thoughts, toxic emotions, toxic words, toxic choices, toxic dreams, toxic seeds, toxic faith, toxic love, toxic touch, toxic seriousness, toxic health, and toxic schedules, which produces stress. And out of that comes learning problems, ADD and ADHD, uh, anxiety problems, general anxiety disorder, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, panic, phobias, and other things. And it, from out of this comes addiction to drugs, alcohol, pornography, eating, and others. And out of, on the other side, depression, general depression, bipolar, and then physical illness of uh, degenerative disorders, dementias, circulatory problems, and uh, central nervous system, immune system, migraines, and cardiovascular system. Now, again, I want you to understand this. The things that I'm showing you is out of 30 years of neurological research. It's not just somebody's idea. It's not somebody just took the Bible and said, well, I'm going to prove the Bible. I'm going to make these diagrams and make people believe the Bible's true. This is neurological research that ended up proving the Bible is true. Amen. And so what we have uh, lived in most of our life is this tree right here. The negative, toxic stress. That's where we live most of the time, the fear zone. Out of fear comes all the other uh, things like anger and, and uh, things like that. I've, I'm going to read some out of a book. This is uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf's book called The Perfect You. How many, how many would like to have The Perfect You? Yeah. Amen. That's, that'd be a good place to be, wouldn't it? The Perfect You. A blueprint for your identity. Now, I want, you to know, I want to read this. Uh, it says, the divine nature is revealed through our perfect you. Our powerful minds operate through free will and are made out of love. The default ingredients of our humanity are joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, faithfulness, uh, self-control, compassion, calmness, inspiration, excitement, hope, anticipation, satisfaction, and so on. When we're in the love zone, as I like to call it, we operate in our perfect you and move into positive stress, which is good for us as it makes us alert and focused. It enables us to face the circumstances of life with true hope, joy, and to keep running our races no matter what comes our way. Praise God in the love zone. How many would like to face love with an or life with an anticipation? Amen. Isn't that, wouldn't that be better than getting up in the morning and dreading what, what's ahead of you? To actually anticipate the goodness of God in your life? Well, the only way you can do that is to confront the other side. And it's, the other side is, yet we, have, we operate outside of our perfect you, we go into the fear zone and experience toxic stress. Out of this fear flows hate, anger, bitterness, rage, irritation, unforgiveness, unkindness, worry, self-pity, envy, jealousy, obsession, and cynicism. Since whatever we think about the most will grow, 
We become what we meditate on, which in the fear zone can have dangerous health, dangerous health consequences. Consequences. Research showing that the love mindsets are the norm and fear mindsets are learned is revolutionary for scientists, but not new if you look at Scripture. There is no fear in love. I want us to, I want us to grab hold. I know I'm, I'm loading a lot of information on you today, but I want you to grab hold of this because if you can get a hold of this, you will start regulating what actually happens in your life, and you'll begin to realize why you have some of the symptoms you have, why you suffer from some of the things you suffer, and, and why things aren't going right in your life. Because when we meditate in the fear zone, when we live in the fear zone, then chaos is what takes place. Not only, not only in our minds, but our emotions. There's this chaotic thing that takes place that unsettles us and brings us to place. It's the verse that we, we, we read. I didn't, I didn't do it before today, did I? The, the verse and declaration. Amen. Well, we, we'll get to that. But when we meditate on the good things, when we meditate on the right things, then there's a flow that takes place in our life. It is a flow. It's not ignoring the bad things around us. It's just not living there. Okay? Big difference. Big difference. When you operate in the fruits of the Spirit, you have a right approach and reaction to all the stuff that's around you. But when you live in the fear zone, then it's totally opposite. You have a very, a very uh, a sporadic, um, out of control. It, it's like, I, I read this one thing, it's supposed to be a true story. I don't, I don't know if it is or not. It's on Facebook. You never know what you read on that stuff, whether it's true or not. But it, it says that this lady uh, come up behind, and I don't know why it's a lady. You know, that's just the story. This lady come up behind, this guy was, was uh, come, that's come up to a stoplight, and it turned yellow, and the guy that was in front, instead of running through the yellow light, he stopped. And this lady behind him just went into orbit because he didn't go on through so she could get on through. And so she started honking her horn, rolled down her window, was flipping the guy off, just cussing a blue streak, just, just going into this irate behavior. And all of a sudden, the light, these police lights come on behind her, and an officer walked up to her car and said, Ma'am, I need you to step out of the car. And so she stepped out of the car, and he read her rights, handcuffed her, arrested her, and took her to the police station. Blue, fingerprinted her. Put her in a jail cell. And pretty soon, they come and got her, brought her back out, and said, Ma'am, we apologize for the misunderstanding. But the officer said, the fact that there were there was a bumper sticker on your car that said, follow me to Sunday school on one side. And on the other side, a Christian fish symbol and other Christian bumper stickers on your car. I just took it. You had stolen the car. And so that's why I arrested you. <laughs> Toxic emotions can cause you to be out of control of your behavior, okay? 
So if toxic emotions are what is in our life, it's not because you have toxic emotions. It's because the basis of your life is coming from the fear zone and, and from the, the, that which is not right for our life. We are built and wired to live in love. When you do not live in love, there's this cascading effect. When toxic fear, when the, when these, these toxic thoughts is what dominates your mind, there's actually a chemical cascade that takes place in your brain that causes you to be completely unsettled. It's a chemical release. The, the doctors talk about being chemically unbalanced. Well, you are. But it doesn't mean that you're not fixable. It just simply means that the wrong thing is in charge of your life. The wrong mindset, the wrong thinking is in charge of your life. And after today, you'll, you'll catch yourself thinking about this. I hope you do. Because ever since I started studying this, I have been evaluating my thinking. And it surprises me how much of my thinking is in the wrong zone. Amen. It causes problems. Amen. I'm going to try to get through this real fast. It's, it's still early in some part of the world, so just hang in there. In, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind and, or a disciplined Mind, power, love, and a sound mind. Now, notice God said, I didn't give you that spirit. He didn't say it doesn't exist. He just said, I didn't give you that spirit of fear. Sin did that. But what he said is, I've given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. Most of the problems in people's lives could be settled just simply by the right thinking, by meditating on the right things, by learning to listen to the right interpreter. How many understand your interpreter interprets from what it's, it's born in? If your interpreter in your life has been developed by your experiences and your experiences have been developed by living in the fear zone, then your interpreter is going to interpret everything wrong. No matter what's said, no matter what's done in your life, you're going to interpret it in a negative way, and it's going to impact you in a negative way. It's going to cause a chemical cascade to take place in your mind. You're not going to be able to think. You're not going to be able to, to uh, meditate on the right things, and you can't even function properly when this happens, and you can't make right choices. But when you're operating in the fear zone or love zone, there's a calmness that takes over your life. And begins to settle you. We've been talking about that. The, the, come to the place of being settled. So 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given, that, given us that spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. Give me that one Jim. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. It says there's no fear in love. Everybody say that with me. There's no fear in in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Now, have you ever, you ever wondered why these two things are coupled together in Scripture? It's because they are the two opposing emotional 
default modes in our life. Love is one, fear is the other. But it says there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in what? Love. We love him because he first loved us. The love of God, God has given us love to cure the things that, that uh, have attacked us. Now, these trees that I showed you, those are not just, those, those are symbols, symbolic of what grows in your brain. Remember, I've talked about the fact that when you think about something and you meditate on it, it grows a little tree in your brain, a neurological tree. All these proteins come together and start building this, this connection, and it builds this thing that, that looks like a tree. And so once that little tree is built, it becomes a physical part of you. It is matter. It becomes a physical part of who you are, and it, it also dictates how you respond because when something happens, your brain focuses it through that area. And so when it comes to that area, then the outcome of that is whatever has been built, that tree. If it's a fear zone tree, then you have bitterness and anger and, and wrath and malice and, and, and jealousy. It all comes from fear. The works of the flesh. You know, neurological science is just simply backing up the teachings on the Word of God, on the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit. And so when you build a tree that is in the fear zone, when it, then that is how your brain processes information. But there's, there's, there's hope. And I want to read, I want to read, there's so much I'd like to, I'd just like to read this book to you, but there's so much I'd like to read. Um, it says, science is, in fact, showing us there is a massive unlearning of negative, toxic thoughts when we operate in love. Everybody say, glory to God. There is a massive unlearning. We can unlearn Negative toxic thoughts when we operate in love. We can unlearn negative fear. It is not a part of our innate natural functioning, our perfect you. Recent neuro neuroscientific research demonstrates that, that some of the chemicals the brain releases when we operate in our perfect you. I want you to just everybody to say, I'm going to get this. When you operate in that love zone, in that perfect you, then you release these chemicals. The brain releases when we're operating in perfect you include oxytocin, which literally melts away the negative, toxic thought clusters. Come on, somebody. We need to, we need to stop and shout on that one. Praise God. You are not permanently damaged. You have hope. There is deliverance. There is change. There is healing for your brain. There's healing for your emotions. There is resurrection for our life because God didn't come to just save us in the shape we're in. He came to save us out of the shape we're in and to change our lives, to bring us into the kingdom of God and to heal what sin has damaged in our life. Oh, praise God, which literally melts away the negative, toxic clusters. 
If you stop right now and start meditating on the love of God and the good things of God, you have just dissolved some toxic thoughts, clusters in your brain. Wow. So that rewiring of new non-toxic circuits can happen. This chemical also flows when we trust, bond, and reach out to others. So choosing to operate in the default nature of love literally can wipe out fear. Hallelujah. Everybody say wipe it out. Praise God. Just like somebody taking an eraser to a chalkboard and just start erasing it. That's what happens when you start operating in the, in the love zone of God. God, the, the chemicals that are released in your brain start dissolving the negative, toxic things that have been built in your brain. And you start getting healed of your toxic condition. Praise God. Another amazing chemical called dopamine also works also works with oxytocin. It flows as we accept and anticipate something. It also puts us on heightened alert to facilitate the building of new memories. As we imagine helping someone do well in a test or restore a relationship, or as we suddenly understand something we had been uh, battling with, for example, it gives us a thrilling surge of energy, excitement, confidence, and motivation to carry on, as well as influencing the actual building of long-term memories. Praise God. Research also shows that when we do good things, and reach out in love. Isn't it amazing how research is backing up God? Amen. I mean, God didn't need it, but we do. Research also shows that when we do good things and reach out in love, endorphins and serotonin are also released that makes us feel great, which detoxes our brain. Woo! Everybody go on a detox today. Amen. Everybody say, God, I want to detox my brain. They have all these detoxes for your liver and your kidneys and you know you drink you drink this lemon vinegar stuff and it detoxes you know and all, everybody's always doing that. I want to tell you something. You detox your brain, your body's going to detox. Amen. We're working from a bag. We're trying to detox our bodies when it's our brain and our emotion that is causing all the problems in the first place. You get rid of the problem and the symptoms go away. Amen. Detox our brain increases our motivation and wisdom. Oh, God, we need that. Helping us negotiate life more successfully when we operate in love. Praise God. When we operate in love. We've got to understand that there are, there are things that have been built in our brains by our life, our experiences, by living in this fear nature. And a lot of you would say, well, I don't live in fear. Well, if you're, not, if you're not meditating on the love of God, if you're not living in love zone, there's no other place you can live. It's one of two things, amen. But we were created to live in the love of God. But the world has put us in the fear zone and has taught us by experience to operate in this fear zone, which is toxic, and it causes us all kinds of emotional stress. It causes us to have depression. 
It causes us to have anxiety. A lot of the anxiety problem, most of the anxiety problems people are having today is because they don't know how to operate in what they were wired for. We are living outside of what we were wired for, therefore we can't function properly. And everything seems to be out of control, everything seems to be overwhelming, and we constantly live in this anticipation of evil and bad when it hasn't even happened. See, PTSD that people suffer, a lot of times in battle and things like that, is the memory of what happened which something activates and all of a sudden they're right there again with all the emotions and the feelings and it's like it's, they're right there. It's real to them all over again. Why? Because those feelings, those memories have been burnt into their mind and there have been trees and neurological clusters built to house that because of their experience. The only way to get rid of that is to operate in the opposite and begin to let the the chemicals that God has made for our brain begin to dismantle and destroy and clear out those clusters so they no longer are what you process your information through. Like I preached last Sunday, that is my history, but that is not my future. That's where I've been, but it's not where I'm going. That's what happened to me, but it's not what is happening to me. And when we make that difference, when we can differentiate between the two and begin to apply these things to our lives, then there's healing that begins to take place in our minds. Amen. You know, I've I've shared different times that when I was younger, I was, I was very energetic, very confident. I didn't fear anything. I didn't know what fear was. I didn't fear anything. I would tackle anything. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to try to lift myself up. It's just the truth. When I was a kid, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, there was nothing I was afraid of. And that was a really neat place to live because nothing got to me. I mean, we just, you know, we met the challenges and woo, go through it, you know? And I wasn't afraid of anything physical. I wasn't afraid of anything spiritual. I wasn't afraid of anything mentally. I had no fear whatsoever. And that's how I lived my life. You can ask Sister Betty. When she first met me, there was just nothing that bothered me. I was outgoing. I, I you know, I just did whatever, whatever, I, you know, that, you know, was there. And I did a whole lot of stuff I shouldn't have done because I didn't have any fear. But then life kind of wore me down. And God got, like I said, posted on Facebook, this month we're celebrating 40 years of ministry. Me and Sister Betty, 40 years. That's a long time. But after about 10 years of, of being in the ministry, I started wearing down. And things started bothering me. And things started getting to me. One of the things that started bothering me, and listen, I didn't fully understand this until this week as I was studying this. This is how powerful this stuff is. I was studying it this week, and the Holy Spirit helped me to understand I never understood why that for several years I struggled with depression as a pastor. I mean dark depression. 
I was a very depressed, angry person. And yet I didn't let anybody see that. I performed. I mean, people were saved. People were healed. We'd done great things. We, you know, we saw good things happen. But in, in my own heart, in my own life, I lived a very dark, depressed life, and I couldn't understand why. I didn't know what was wrong with me because nobody had ever talked to me about it. Nobody had ever preached on it. Nobody had ever. And that's why I'm very open and vulnerable to you because I don't want to stand up here and give you a fantasy like, like you know, there's a place you can live where you don't have any problems. And, and us pastors, we don't have any problems. I got to tell you something. We, we got as many problems as you have, only they're multiplied. <laughs> you know, some of y'all might have had a relationship problem. We've been through hundreds some of you might have had problems with your children. We've, we've went through problems with a lot of children over the years. Matter of fact, some of the grandkids, some of the grandkids of the people we started with are getting married today. And, you know, that makes you feel like, you know, something's wrong. <laughs> it shouldn't be happening. But I never understood what happened and why that began to happen to somebody that you know, like me, that I just simply, life just didn't bother me. Nothing got to me. I challenged everything. I went, I did great. How did I end up struggling with depression? And the Holy Spirit revealed it to me this year or this week. It was when I began to realize that I couldn't control the outcome of people's lives. It's when I began to realize that no matter how hard I tried, if a congregation wanted to, they could destroy everything that we had tried to build. And they did it over and over and over. It's when I began to realize that no matter what I did, I couldn't stop bad stuff from happening. I almost starved myself to death in my 30s, fasting and praying, trying to stop things from happening, trying to change behavior of people and trying to change the way things were, were going. I got down to 155 pounds. I looked like a skeleton. Sister Betty told me that I was anorexic. She would try to get me to eat, and I would say no. I had to fast and pray because I had to stop this. I had to change the course of people's lives. I had to see this happen because, because there was destruction taking place and there was people destroying one another. And, and somehow I had, to, I had to do this because God called me to do it and it was my responsibility. And I, I took that responsibility on. And yet I was proven to time after time after time that no matter what I did, I couldn't stop it. And because of that, I began to feel out of control. I began to feel hopeless. I began to feel like I was, gonna, I was failing God because God was going to hold me to a higher standard. And he had given me this to do, and this is what I was supposed to do. And I was failing God, and I began to feel like there was no way I could ever win. That the rest of my life I was going to lose over and over and over in life and there was nothing I could do about it. See, I didn't realize that until this week. 
Holy Spirit began to reveal to me where that, that fear zone started and how it started and how it operated. And I struggled for years with this without understanding it until one day the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about the acceptance and the approval of Father God. And he began to teach me about the love zone that I did not understand, did not know, and did not operate in because I felt like I was under judgment the whole time and I didn't understand the love love of God and God the Holy Spirit began to teach me about the acceptance and approval of my heavenly Father and that he loved me regardless of it there's no way I could stop him Holy Spirit asked me one day he said can you change God are you that powerful I was praying and seeking God and the Holy Spirit said are you powerful enough to change God and I said no I the I, I couldn't even understand that question. I thought, why, why, why is that question? And he said, look at the nature of God. What first John said, God is love. You can't stop God from loving you. You cannot stop him from caring about you. No matter what you do, it was revolutionary in my life. It changed everything about me. It changed my approach. And I started the journey of overcoming depression. I started coming out of that cycle because it was a cycle and it was torture. It was torment. The thoughts that would invade my mind were just terrible and dark and awful. And I would fight for my life. I would tell sister Betty, she thought it was her fault. She, she took responsibility. She, she thought she was doing something wrong because at home I was so moody and irritable and I wouldn't talk. And, and, but it, at church I was fine. Why? Because I had to, because God was going to judge me if I didn't. I had to perform. Because I was stuck with no way out. And Sister Betty took it personal. Because I would get so deep into this thing, so dark, and I wouldn't want to talk. I, wouldn't want to, I didn't want to be around anybody. And one day I told her when I was coming out of this thing, and it was, it, it's, it's like you're coming out of a fog. It's like you're waking up. I was coming out of this thing, and I told her, I said, listen, honey, you haven't done anything wrong. There's no fault. You've not done anything wrong. You can't cause this, and you can't stop it. And I said, what I need you to do is be okay regardless of what state I'm in. I need you to be okay. In other words, I want you to not be affected by what's happening with me. And if you can do that, I'll be able to recover quicker because when I see what's going on with me hurting you, it makes it that much harder to come out of, to overcome. And so God began to teach me his love. He began to teach me how to, how to respond to him. I even found out that God liked me. That all the things I'd been taught all my life was fear. 
I had it drilled into my head that as a minister, I was going to be held to a higher accountability and I was going to be judged greater than anybody else. I had that drilled into my head. So every day of my life, I lived under this pressure of judgment. I did not feel like the presence of God was something I wanted. It's something that I feared. But then God began to teach me how to respond to him, how to love him, how to start walking out of this fear zone and start walking into the love of God. And I begin to notice, I begin to see this cycle getting shorter. And I teach people today, watch the cycle. Because a lot of times you're not gonna you're not gonna just all of a sudden zap and you're and you're out of it. It's a cycle, and you start seeing it, the cycles change, and the bad days get shorter, and the good days get longer. Why? Because you're destroying those clusters in your brain, and you're dissolving those things, and you're changing the way you think. You're changing what dominates you. You're changing what your information process goes through. And the bad days get shorter. The long days get better. And you start noticing that before long, the bad days are real short. And the, and the rest of your life. And you start realizing. And the day that I realized that I was overcoming this thing in one day was a glorious time. Because I realized that I had come to the place where I had learned how to defeat through the power and the word of God, I'd learned how to defeat what was trying to defeat me. What was trying to defeat me was that which was not true. Amen. False concepts, false understanding. I was taught, I know I'm going long, but listen, y'all have the rest of the week to talk about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it. Okay. You got to, you got to think about this. I was taught all my life that if I did anything wrong as a preacher, that the Holy Spirit would depart. And so I lived in this fear of grieving Holy Spirit and that he would just leave me. He was, this aban- he was this bad parent that just abandoned me any time that I didn't perform right. That's what I was taught. And so I lived in this fear, and people were always backing that up. There was people who'd come up to me and say, you grieved the Holy Spirit today. And because of that, he's departed. I had people send me emails and things and say, Ichabod's been written over the door of your church. The Holy Ghost has departed from your church. I lived with that all the time. That's a lie. I said, that's a lie. It's a lie. It's a, it's a twisting of Satan to try to destroy the people of God because I know for an absolute fact that Holy Spirit is a determined warrior. He will not stop. He will not quit. He will not give up. And he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. He'll be there when you don't want to be there. He is the greatest friend that you could ever have in your life. 
He will be there in the tough times. He'll be there in the good times. He'll be there when everybody else leaves. He'll be there when you're so weak and discouraged that you can't get up. But he's still there. And he'll start whispering in your ear and telling you, come on, you got to get up. You got to get up because I'm here. And I'm going to help you up. Hallelujah. I have found out that God is the greatest loving father that I could ever have or ever will have. I found out that Jesus is the greatest savior and Lord of my life. And he loves me beyond anything that I could ever do. I can't stop him from loving me. And I know that my best friend, Holy Spirit, will not leave me, but when if I get out of line, he just he's there to get me back in the line. He says, come on. He picks us up. I got to tell you something. If you can start learning and letting God teach you how to walk in the love zone, the fear zone, the anxiety zone, the depression zone, the, all these things that have, have bothered you and have taken over your life will start leaving you. Why? Because the very chemicals that are released in your brain will dissolve the clusters. I showed you neurological research has proven that when you learn to walk in the love of God, you literally dissolve the fear and toxic clusters in your brain. And it changes your life. Amen. Oh man, I got you. You don't know how much more I've got that I need to share with you, but I'm going to stop. I got to tell you something. It's time to break the fear off of our life. It's time to break the the controlling anxiety, depression, and things off of our life. You don't need to be controlled any longer. Hallelujah! You can actually live in a place. That is freeing and a place where you flow in the presence of God. Fear will always be trying to take hold of you, but there is a power. And that power is in the blood of Jesus, his precious name, and the truth of his word applied to our lives to where we can begin to change from walking in the bondage of fear God, I heard your voice and I was afraid. To God, I heard your voice and I can't wait to talk to you. Amen. You walk with me, you love me. I hope I've in some way got this into your hearts today where you can start thinking about it. See, Satan likes for you to think about your emotions meditate on how you feel God wants you to meditate on his word and change how you feel amen when it comes alive when truth comes alive in you there are chemicals released in your brain that literally changes your thinking process I'll never forget a time and I'm not going to share all 40 years with you today but I'll never forget a time when I, I was so upset, so overwhelmed with problems. 
I had all kinds of stuff going on. The leaders of the church I was pastoring was trying to vote me out. And the reason that's trying to vote me out is because we'd had over 100 people saved. And they were losing control of their church because all these new people coming in. And so they were campaigning, trying to get rid of me, trying to cause discourse, trying to cause problems. They were counting their votes. And every year that I pastored that church, they, they called a vote and tried to vote me out every single year. Not because I'd done anything wrong, but because God was doing such wonderful things. But see, they were living in the fear zone. You understand what I'm talking about? They were in the fear zone, and I didn't hate them for it. I felt sorry for them. And I tried to love them. Me and Sister Betty tried to love them. Matter of fact, we loved them to the grave. One of the guys that, that headed it up was the leader of everything on his deathbed. Me and Sister Betty heard he was dying. We went, and we went to the hospital room, and we began to sing all of his favorite songs. We weren't, we weren't even his past, We wasn't even pastoring there anymore called the love zone we went into his hospital room closed the door and we stood there he was in a coma hadn't moved hadn't talked and we stood there and sung all the songs we knew that he loved and all of a sudden his hands were like this and all of a sudden I saw his finger going like this and I walked over there and I said I said do you, do you want something? Do you need something? And these are the words he whispered. And this isn't to build myself up. This is what he said. The last thing he said before he died. If we would have listened to you, everything would have been okay. See, he finally moved into the love zone. See what I'm talking about? A lot of the stuff you're upset about right now doesn't matter and will not matter. You need to move out of that. Move into the life. But I remember that day when I was so troubled, trying to stop people from being damaged, trying to stop, trying to, trying to minister, trying to do what God called me, trying to help people in the middle of all this chaos. We were heading to a church function one night, and I just stopped and pulled off the road, and I told Sister Betty, I said, I just can't do it tonight. I've got to go back and get in my office and I've got to have, I've got to, God's got to do something. We turned around, went back. I went in my office and I knelt down on my knees and I began to say, God, help me. God, help me. That's all I could get out was God, help me. Because I, I, I was at my wits end how, what to do and how to deal with this. I said, God, help me. And all of a sudden, in my spirit, I heard Colossians 3.15. I got up, opened my Bible to Colossians 3.15. It said, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Whereunto also you are called, and be thankful. There was something burst inside of me, something came alive inside my brain. 
And all of a sudden, I started walking around my office declaring out loud, I am called to peace. I am called to peace. I am called to peace. Peace will rule in my heart. I am called to peace. And that day, in a moment's time, God fixed everything inside of me. Because of the revelation of the word. Stand with me if you would. I want you to be honest today. Don't raise your hand, but I want you to be honest with me. How many of you understand and realize you're walking in the fear zone a whole lot more than you are the love zone? The things that dominate your thinking, the things you meditate on are not not in the love zone, but in the fear zone. And it's wreaking havoc on your life. It will literally cause you not to be able to. I was going to read to you all the things that happened to you physically when these thoughts come in your life, but I don't have time today. But there's just this cascading, debilitating thing that happens to you when these toxic thoughts begin to take over. I want to ask you today, how many would like to move out of that? How many would like to move into the love zone where God's able to bring health and healing to your mind, your emotions, and your body? Hallelujah. Father.